James Snyder, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Mr. Snyder, the World Wildlife Fund has been putting out these reports for years now. What is different about this one? I think the, the most significant result of the Living Planet Report 2018 is the trend is going in the wrong direction. As you said, this is the 12th biennial report from WWF on the status of the world's wildlife population. And this year, the result is a 60% decline on average on our vertebrate species around the world since 1970. 60% in less than 50 years. Very clearly, this trend can't continue if we expect to see many of these same species that we value and love around the world. Now, you said this is a trend that is continuing. This is in spite of constant warnings by your organization and literally hundreds of other organizations around the world. Why aren't people paying attention to what seems to be a very, very dire situation? I, I think there is a, a growing urgency and need for action. It's the kind of thing that we typically, our human behavior is to put off act, action for another day. Um, and I think increasingly there's a sense that we're at this precipice, this tipping point, you know, at 60 percent, that the time for action is now. And the flip side to it, of course, is the driver of this biodiversity loss, this wildlife loss, is our own human activity. We as humans are the central part of this equation. Um, and so figuring out what to do for wildlife means that we have to look at ourselves in terms of how we're using resources and how, in terms of how we're consuming resources and how we're living in this day and age. Are there just too many of us now? Well, certainly with a growing global population, we need to be increasingly mindful of how we each, every one of us around the world, are using our resources. The global footprint calculator from uh, the Global Footprint Network shows that we're right now we're using the equivalent of 1.7 Earths. So that's based on our current population trajectories. Here in Canada, that number is closer to 4.7 Earths this past year. Um, and so, you know, nearly five Earths equivalent in terms of our own footprints. That is not, you know, inherently is not a sustainable number. Um, and so we have to take a close look at how we're using our resources. Is it possible, Mr. Snyder, that we're just too urbanized, too far away from nature to realize the effect that we're having on nature? For example, you know, most of the world's population will go into uh, a supermarket or uh, another kind of market, and there'll be fish there every day, you know, but we don't realize that we're, for example, slowly wiping out all the fish in the ocean kind of thing. Sure. I think there is a disconnect, if you will, from, uh, you know, a growing urban environment uh, where people live and people are congregating and nature. Uh, but certainly here in Canada, you know, many of our species at risk are in the southern part of the country, in those same places where most of our populations live, whether it's, you know, central Ontario, southern Ontario, southwestern Ontario, the greater golden horseshoe, if you will. There's a huge number of species at risk here. Um, and so, you know, I think at times we, we start to generate this false sense that it, these are far-off places that we're having, you know, that where nature lives today. And increasingly, of course, that's the risk, you know, that we, as we don't manage our own human footprint on the landscape, that the only thing that will be left are, is what this so-called remote wilderness. And, you know, that very much is the reality of the trend that we're heading into today. Uh, I think that we need to be making, you know, the right decisions in terms of our own land use, our own use of resources, protecting these landscapes, such that we can maintain, you know, a high degree of biodiversity even in our, our urban landscapes. 
Now, this report has come out uh, highlighting some very serious numbers, as, as you've pointed out. And yet, just today as well, we've heard that China is opening up once again their market to uh, rhino parts and tiger parts, albeit theoretically farmed. But surely that would have an extremely serious effect on animals in the wild. Yes, there's a uh, great concern uh, internationally in terms of this policy decision related to the, the trading of, of, of ivory and more broadly in terms of uh, wildlife trafficking. Around the world, that is a, a major concern in terms of a direct cause of loss of wildlife populations. And certainly when we look at tigers and rhinos, you know, um, hugely valued species, this policy decision, I think, is greatly concerning for many of us in the environmental community as a, as a step in the wrong direction. Scientists have said we're experiencing the sixth mass extinction on Earth. Is this simply underlining that assumption? I think that's very true, and, and, and this is a really important point, which is to say mass extinctions event are rare on geological timescales over hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, some might even say, that there have only really been six in that time in the Earth's history, uh, and that today, you know, in the last 50 years, um, we have stood by, essentially, as we've seen the catastrophic loss of the world's biodiversity. And so the rate of that change, the magnitude of that change, some would argue is unprecedented. And so the significance of this point in human history is, you know, right up there. And we need to be taking the necessary steps that commensurate with, you know, that importance. And so there's an opportunity today as, as we, as, you know, countries like Canada are working to our commitments with the Convention on, on Biological Diversity, otherwise the CBD, um, and we have made significant uh, commitments there in terms of the protection of nature and recovery of, of species at risk, um, and where there are near-term commitments that we need to live up to, including for our terrestrial protected areas network and marine protected areas as well. And Canada so far has actually been a laggard recently, especially among the G7 nations. We rank last among the G7 nations in terms of our progress towards some of those milestones. So there really is, a, you know, a growing microscope on Canada to be an actor on a global stage to take the necessary steps and, of course, recognize the importance that we play on a global stage in terms of protecting you know, wild places um, and the biodiversity that have, we have here at home. Mr. Snyder, how can we do that when the world population wants the fish out of the ocean, they want uh, land for crops and domesticated animals and so on, and so are continually cutting back on natural areas and continually fishing the oceans and so on. How can you stop doing that? How can you get people to say, okay, we're not going to do that anymore? Well, in short, I think we need to be making very calculated decisions around the budget of, of the natural resources that we can spend down year over year. Um, we should be doing strategic planning. We should be looking out to 2050 and beyond to say, well, you know, what part of our forest can we manage while also maintaining, you know, the biodiversity and, the, and these areas of nature while ensuring, you know, that we're meeting the demand, both domestic and in, case, in some cases international, for those same resources. That's, this, this, you know, true the same way in terms of our fisheries. And as you say, there is growing global demand um, in terms of access to some of these, some would say the word commodities here, but ultimately these are wild species that we as Canadians have a responsibility to manage and to manage sustainably. James Snyder, how hopeful are you that we can in fact uh, do something positive in this regard? 
I think we really truly are at a moment, uh, a moment in, in human history now where we, we have to begin to take, you know, actions in, at a level that, you know, are, are, are vastly um, greater than what we've done to date. Um, and so if we, in this moment of time, over the next, let's say, two to five to ten years, really start focusing to take deliberate action. And, of course, you know, it, it has to be noted here that the, the threat of climate change is, you know, central to this conversation as well, that as we take action on climate change, and we've heard from the International Panel on Climate Change, IPCCC, the, the urgency of which, you know, the action we need to take on climate, I'd say that same urgency needs to be applied here in terms of protection of biodiversity. And importantly, the actions that we can take in terms of action on, on climate change also can have direct impacts for, for biodiversity. And conversely, the same thing is true. As we take action for biodiversity, that will have direct benefits in terms of both the mitigation and adaptation to future climate change. And that needs to be part of our deliberate strategy here in Canada across all levels of government and certainly, you know, held true by industry in terms of what, you know, our, our current operation of managing these resources, managing our biodiversity, and ultimately protecting nature here in Canada. James Snyder, thank you very much for this. Thank you so much.